Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! If you're watching on TV, don't get too excited. It's not Friday yet, but we do have our normal Friday lineup here on your Wednesday. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas, joined in studio by our main man, Rajim Seabrook. Usually Yo. riding shotgun on Fridays, but instead, I kick in with us here on a Wednesday. I got to get out of town on Friday. Uh, unfortunately, second weekend in a row, I got a funeral, so mm. uh, big time bummer. But um, we forge on, and uh, so a short week around here. We won't have a show on Friday, but we will be back at it tomorrow as well. But Raj, kind enough to adjust the schedule and uh, come on with us here today. Time to get to today. We're going to talk some of the uh, key storylines from around the uh, state of Montana going on in the sports world right now. The Missoula Marathon coming up this weekend, so that will certainly be something that any and everybody in Western Montana better be aware of because uh, even if you have zero interest in distance running or marathon running, there's going to be thousands of people in Missoula uh, this weekend. So, you know, plan ahead, uh, maybe go check it out. And uh, either way, just be courteous to all the visitors that are coming in here uh, to the Garden City. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We also have, uh, I want to do a little rapid fire about the pros and cons of name, image, and likeness. We haven't really... Um, prepared for this. I just want to sort of make it a an open-ended conversation, and then we'll sort of compare our lists when it's all said and done. The uh, Big Sky Conference basketball schedules are out as well, so we will uh, com- compare and contrast those, give you some key dates for both Montana, Montana State, and men's and women's basketball. We also uh, have a fun guest coming up for our ESPN Roundtable. Michael Ogine will join us, 
Uh, he, a former Grizz Hooper, certainly going to be a Grizz Hall of Famer by the time that time comes around. A guy that's been playing professionally over in Europe. He's coming back to Missoula next week. He won't be here in studio, unfortunately. He will be uh, just joining us on the phone. But he's coming back uh, next week to host a camp in association with um, Failure Sports Specific. And uh, Stephen and Lisa Failure out there. Uh, just outside of town. It's a great facility. They do a great job with so many different elements of helping young people uh, chase their dreams. And uh, cool that Mike's stayed involved with them. And uh, it'll be fun catching up with my man. We haven't talked to Ogine in a long time. He was certainly one of our favorites and certainly one of the central parts of this show when he was playing at the University of Montana. Uh, first of all, he's just a tremendously smart young man, and he's also just uh, really well-spoken. So he was always one of our go-to guys Uh and those Grizz teams were the best Grizz teams of any sport that we've covered since I returned to Missoula about five years ago. So I uh, always loved kicking it with Mike, and we'll certainly love uh, catching up with him, see what's going on there. And uh, we're also going to talk some NBA drafts, some Lionel Messi to the to uh, the MLS, uh, to Major League Soccer, San Diego State potentially divorcing the Mountain West. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole bunch of other things. So that's what's coming up here uh, on Nuanas now. It's your show outlook. Uh, if you want to stream the show, you always can, 406-888-1029. Excuse me, that's the phone number. Sorry, I got wings on the brain. I got excited because I just had Desperado wings. I eat Despo wings a lot. I know that's shocking to some of you. Uh, but <laughs> I. Uh, it's very rare that I actually eat the wings on the wing at Wednesday. So I just got done at the Despo and then came over here. And, uh, man, the, the wings are just, they can't miss, man. They're just you so left, good. You left Despo and came to the studio knowing Brother Man was going to be in here. <laughs> you you smelled for a moment. Hey, I don't I got, know what was I going on. I got a couple on. wings for you. Well, you got a couple less coming your way. <laughs> I actually did have, bring some for you. Um, so we'll have some free wings for you coming up. But if you want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com or as well as on the ESPN uh, MT app. And thanks to the Despo this Wednesday and every Wednesday. For presenting Wingy Wednesday. What's been going on, man? How you doing? Feels weird. Twi- twice in less than a week. Twice in less than a week. It feels good. Um, it's uh, I always love ending my week with you. Yeah, yeah, I know. The um, Friday shows are The Friday shows fun. are great. It has a different vibe, different energy. Wednesday, my grandfather used to call it the Monday of the midweek. It feels kind of <laughs> different. So Totally. No, it's good, man. It's uh, for, First of all... Beside it being hump day, happy solstice, longest day of the year, ladies sure. and gentlemen. I don't care if it's rain, sleep, go outside. Because after today, 30 seconds of sunlight goes away every yeah, day, and crazy. we'll be acting like it's October by the end of September. <laughs> yeah. So happy solstice, go out, hug a tree, hug someone you love, get hugged, enjoy the sun. Happy we, solstice. When I was uh, in in college, I, uh, I I made all sorts of groups of friends, which was so fun. But I had this group of friends that all, it was like six or seven guys. They all came down to University of Montana from Homer, Alaska. And the summer solstice in Homer, it lasts, it, the sun doesn't go down. No, it doesn't go down. It stays up. So they, and, and you know, they were like multiple generation Alaskan. Mm-hmm. So they all um, would stay up. That was their thing. The biggest party of the year always with my Alaska friends was on June 21st. They would stay up 24 hours. 
Always. And I used to be like, you guys are crazy, man. They used to always be like, let's go to summer solstice. I'm like, okay, cool. I can party till like 2 a.m. I don't want to party after that. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go to bed. For, for real. <laughs> just because the sun up means I'm, I'm going down eventually. I, I would love to spend a summer solstice, though, up there in Alaska. I think yeah. that would be cool. Have you ever been to Alaska? The closest I ever got was looking at it on a map. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know man. what I'm saying? I mean, it's just so far. I, don't, I mean, I don't really even know anybody besides people that are from Alaska that have ever been to Alaska. The only thing I know to come out of Alaska... It was Trajan Langdon. I was going to say, Trajan Langdon, the Alaskan assassin. Who, he was so good. He was good. Carlos Boozer, also from Alaska. That is also true. The guy that looks Mario like he has Chalmers. A, Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. Chalmers. Right. Thank you, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, because Mario Chalmers was uh, sort of like the, the second iteration of the uh, Alaskan guy. I'm sure Mario Chalmers would certainly call those Duke guys uh, influences, even though he was a great player there. Absolutely. Uh, Kansas won a national championship, so... I would love to spend a little summer solstice. I want to go fishing up there, man. See, that would be cool. That's that's like what that's a it's it's on the bucket list. I, I mean, I've heard that Alaska is very like Montana, just in terms of the the beauty. You know, the wide open spaces, the big sky. But I then there's say, like one third of the people, so that's even better for me. And and one third less human touched. Like <laughs> yeah, there's right, a lot of right. un, you notice everything humans touch doesn't always end up at uh, in the best come end of it. So, yeah, I would love to go up there and just see how much untouched by human land there still exists and uh, just the be- the vast, isolative beauty known as Alaska. A uh, couple news briefs from around the state of Montana the last couple days. We touched on this before, but worth reemphasizing because I just think it's so cool. Weston Brown, who was one of our senior spotlight subjects uh, a couple weeks back, he's a Bozeman High graduate, headed to uh, Princeton to run uh, in the Ivy League on their cross-country and uh, distance running teams there. And uh, after winning multiple state championships here in Montana, he advanced on to then the regional outdoor track meet and then the uh, national, Nike National Outdoor Track and Field Championships. Well, not only did he run at nationals, which would be an accomplishment within itself, he won the national championship in the 3,200 meters. So the fastest two-miler in the United States of America at the high school level this year is from Bozeman. If that's not amazing enough, the guy who got second, Nathan Neal, who's also from Bozeman High. So you got Bozeman Hawks going one, two in the two mile uh, at the national championship track and field meet. Uh, unbelievable, pretty cool. Certainly one of our best exports right now is our distance runners on both sides, men's and women's. Speaking of distance runners, many a distance runner will descend upon Missoula this upcoming weekend. Oh yeah, with the uh, the return of the Missoula Marathon. It's been phenomenal to watch this thing grow. I remember my first summer interning at the Missoulian when I was like 19 years old. This would have been circa like 2006 or 2007. It was the first year of the Missoula Marathon. And I remember it was, it was a big deal because, you know, fun community event. But I was, after the first one, I was like, mm, I wonder if this is going to catch on, if this is going to gain popularity. Well, I don't know if it could have gone any better than it has it's become an iconic marathon in, in the western half of the world, really. Yes. I mean, people have made it a destination. Coming to Montana in June is always a great draw because it's, it's one of the nicest times of the year. But um, it's just been cool to watch it grow, man. I mean, it was so big right out the gates. I didn't know if they were going to be able to sustain it. They have continued to grow it. And now, I mean, it, it's one of the top marathons in the United States. I, well, on top of that, you know, congratulations, Ms. Uh, Missoula, uh, for, for continuing it. But it has also given birth to, like, so many other, like, micro mini runs in Missoula. I feel for like sure. every 30 days there's another run in Missoula to support some great cause. But I really feel that the, the, the this run in particular gave birth to a whole new um, running nation, so to say. The... Uh from the actual competitive standpoint of the Missoula Marathon, which, by the way, is on Sunday here in Missoula, is that 
one of Missoula's own, Mark Besper, uh, not only is he the three-time defending champion in terms of in-person races, because there was a couple years where they had to do sort of limited, and there was one year was like a, like a remote kind of marathon. Mm-hmm. But he, he's won three marathons, the last three that were run in person, Mark Mesmer has. And uh, he's a Missoula Sentinel guy, a Montana uh, graduate. Yes, sir. And he is one of the great marathon runners in the country right now. He placed 31st at the Boston Marathon, which uh, he was a top 10 placer among Americans at the Boston Marathon. I mean, you got some of the greatest distance the gr- runners in the world period. coming to Boston. Um, but if he was to run a comparable time of what he ran in Boston a couple months ago, that would break the, the Missoula Marathon record. Mesmer's run two hours and 22 minutes before, which is right in the mix, about a minute and a half from what the record is. But if he can get under two hours and 21 minutes, uh, he'll break a record that stood since 2014. And that would just add to his legacy. He's become sort of this like local folk hero, right? Because he's just such a do- he's dominating his hometown marathon year in and year out. Prefontaine of the four oh six. I love it. Uh, have you ever run a mar- marathon? Yeah, me and you are not built. <laughs> we're not. It's not uh, our sports. Why do you ask me questions? You know, I'm not going <laughs> to answer. I, know. I run from the couch to the fridge. <laughs> I run away from my little girl when she's on a tear. Sometimes isn't that funny though? Because I mean. You and I are both football guys, basketball yeah. guys. Yes, sir. I can run 94 feet all day long. I can run 94 feet for hours at a time if I'm playing oh, basketball. Yeah, I, dude, I'll do that I all day. Run, I can run 10 yards at a time in a football game for four hours if you want me to. Let's go. To run and not stop for four hours, though? Not Think happening. again. <laughs> not happening. I'm hitting you with I'm putting a big reject stamp on I your know. head. Like the only, the only way I'm running is if there's a carrot in front of me and there's some sort of incentive. Like I just, I'm not built for it. Oh, no, 100%. My sister in law is running the, the, the half marathon and she's like, You want to do it with me? I was like, Who are you talking to? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I was like, There's. The, that's not happening. I was no. Like, do you want me to die? There's not- dude, I will walk. For miles. For miles. For days. For sure. For sure. Running? For sure. I feel like Allen Iverson. Running? <laughs> That's the issue. Running? That's the issue is when, you know, okay, you don't like running. Okay. You want to do one of the other races in town, like the Riverbank Run or something. Yeah. You do the 5K, 10K, whatever. You walk that. Take you, you know, whatever, hour. I'm doing no K. But all I'm saying is when it's 26.2 miles... You have to run some of it, else you're going to run out of time. To walk 26.2 miles would take way longer than the course is going to be open. Yeah, my daughter will be graduating from high school by the time <laughs> I'm done with it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's safe to say, uh, Rajiv, myself, not going to be running in the marathon, but maybe we'll see you down there. I'm certainly, I always go down and watch. Yeah, I'll and hand watch out the, some, I'm going to hand out some water. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, hug a couple of people. Sure. But outside of that, I'm going to, you know, be ex- exhausted from watching people run. Well, certainly it'll be fun to track if Mark Mesper can uh, go out and defend his title and also yes. uh, challenged the course record. Uh, but to me and everybody out there that is also participating in this, I think that's what makes you know running great, though. It, it is sort of this communal thing, and you know whether you're running this thing in two hours and 20 minutes like the guys that are going to win it, or it takes you seven hours. Four scores in seven years ago, con- I crossed that finish line. <laughs> congratulations to you, and congratulations uh, for getting it done, and uh, good yes, luck sir. to anybody and everybody uh, that's out there uh, running the marathon. Uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, we will also, I didn't tease this because it's not on the outline, but uh, we will also certainly have to um, make fun of Andrew's hometown Washington Wizards uh, here upcoming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Andrew, Andrew came and gave us a courtesy laugh. He's so mad. Uh, the Wizards, the Wizards uh, traded Bradley Beal uh, to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul. <laughs> and it seems like everybody that analyzes the NBA hates this trade for both sides. I actually do too. But then today, the Wizards also uh, traded Christos Porzingis. The reason this is so funny is that the Wizards have been, I, I would argue, one of, if not the worst run team in the NBA over the last 25 years. Last 40 years? Uh, I mean, for sure. Like, <laughs> for, let's, for sure. let's go back to for maybe sure. two years after Wes Unsled was done. I was going to say, yeah, they won the title in 1978. It's been pretty much, I don't even know if they've made the playoffs since then. Maybe a couple times in the late 90s, early 2000s. Chris Webber days, yeah, right. maybe. But, but, I mean, you were not competitive. You were getting no. like the six or seven seed and losing in the first round. No, the biggest noise they've made in the last half decade. Sorry, half century has been the name changed from Washington Bullets to the Washington Wizards. Other than that, it's been mums the worst. Since they won that title in 78, it's been absolutely nothing. Dormant. Um, The reason it's so funny, though, is it's not really funny. It's more just like uh, interesting to analyze how some pro sports franchises are just so poorly run. In the (laughs) NBA, if you're not going to be pretty good or very good, you want to be bad. The Wizards were trying to be good, yet were they, they were in the worst scenario ever last year. They tried to actually win games, and they got a full season from Christos Porzingis, and they still didn't make the play-in game. Then, if you were going to tank, why wouldn't you tank right now? Victor Webb and Yama is almost certainly going to be the number one overall pick in the draft tomorrow night. Why wouldn't you want him? He's a generational talent. Ridiculous. So, so if the Wizards are tanking the year after, <laughs> you have Webb and Yama and Scoot, um, and Brandon Miller and some of these guys that are going to go in the first round. Bums. It's uh, it's it's hilarious. So we'll come back to that. But I want to talk to you about name, image, and likeness. Kick it. We've, it's, this has been a huge talking point. You want to start paying me for mine? Is that what you're trying to get to? <laughs> okay, sure. It's uh, it's very valuable. Um, so let's just start throwing them out. Let's just go pros and cons. You can give me a pro or a con. We'll just go back and forth. We'll make a list. What are, what are the pros or cons of, of NIL right now in the current state of uh, affairs? The pros is that there are less starving students in America, right? There, there are some kids that are actually getting some financial backing and getting paid to, to, to help promote not only themselves, obviously, but their, their institution, their college, university, and by proxy, their community. I think that's a huge pro. It's a huge I, pro. I have watched you know athletes for years. Uh, struggle um, to make ends meet while the universities around them make, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So um, to, to know uh, personally uh, athletes that aren't hungry anymore because they're being paid for their image and likeness here in town, but just on a national scope that some some kids are actually making a little bit of scratch uh, to keep their heads above water. When it comes to the the, the raw financial part of this, that's my first con is, first of all, uh, money has such an element of becoming controversial or be, or influencing situations in a negative fashion. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, there's no regulation to this. If you have a system that's based around money, for better or worse, you got to have some sort of financial regulation system. Why? There's no... Be- Why? Because there's no here, here. So because there's no system right now. Because mm-hmm. again, you can't escape the federal government, right? Truth. The report after there's been now two years worth of nil payments. As Wesley Snipes. <laughs> no, sorry, I had to. That was too low. That was such low hanging fruit. Sorry, Man, I haven't thought about or Wesley Snipes in so long. 
Man, he was so sweet for a minute in time. Lethal Weapon and Blade, those were both so sweet. Oh, huge. And then tax, the tax man came. For sure. And then we didn't see him. And then he came back in the Expendables when they let himself yeah. back into the country. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, but that's what I'm getting at is the, the estimate that, that some uh, reports are saying is that close to 99% of all athletes that have gotten any form of name, image, and likeness haven't paid a single tax dollar on it. That's going to get really murky, and it's not... There's a lot of people in America and a lot of people in the world that evade their taxes on purpose. I don't think... <laughs> yeah, I can I name don't, a couple of famous ones. I, I don't think that most of these young people are evading their taxes on purpose. I don't think anybody communicated to them that they need to pay taxes. I mean, you know this, we know this. You know, Anytime you have any sort of gift or you win money in some sort of contest or whatever, it comes with taxes, yeah, right? over a certain amount. For sure, right? Right. And, some of these guys are getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Uncle Sam's going to come knocking. So I don't oh, necessarily, want, Uncle Sam wants that cut. I don't think there needs to be an institution to regulate the money in, in terms of like the allotment of it. I just think there needs to be an institution to regulate the, the there needs to be some sort of education for the, the student athletes. So they know that they have to pay taxes. I'm going to zoom back into the student athlete and take it off of our society. Whenever I get compensated for anything that I do, 35% of anything I get paid gets automatically put into a little sock drawer. Right. Right? Just so that if Uncle Sam comes knocking, right. it's what needs to happen is we need to re-educate these youngsters so that they're better prepared to make better choices. If they don't know about these things, these pitfalls and traps, as most college athletes don't, because I don't care they're 20-something years old, but they're kids. Right. They should be educated on that. And on some level, whoever their agent or representative uh, is should also be schooling these young um, these young uh, people about how to not uh, get into these pitfalls because on right. some level some of these people do have agents or consults or whatever you know the moniker is and they're getting a cut of that too. Yeah. So with that being said, reeducate the kids so that they can make better individual choices and stop. And I'm saying you, Coulter, like there doesn't need to be this bigger institution. Sure, these sure. Instit- they they live, work, and play in an institution already. Right. They should be educated from the inside out instead of saying the world should be educating these youngsters. It's now ESPN Radio. It's also just part of a larger conversation, right? I mean, Truth. I think it's I think it's uh, easy to just sort of rag on public education in America, but I actually think that the public education system in America, in certain ways, is tremendous. I think that it gives you a, a ton of uh, excellent opportunities. Uh, I would say, you know, doing the almost all of my school here in Missoula, Montana, that I got a great education. But there was there's certain places, and it's not just in Missoula, it's not just in Montana, but across the country, right. that are lacking. I do think that. We are doing a pretty good job of preparing our kids from a math standpoint and a science standpoint. Uh, reading uh, up and no. down, up and down because the humanities have sort of taken a back seat to everything else. Yep, absolutely, uh, but there's almost no financial literacy that's taught Nothing. to you until unless you get you know. The only people I knew that took any schooling about it were people that wanted to go into finance, and they're not learning that until you're in your twenties. I didn't it's know, too late. I didn't know a gosh dang thing about money until I was in my 30s. And then I had basically just had to teach myself all about it, right? See, we were taught in middle school and high school. Yeah. And this goes back to different just regions, sure, sure, times in sure. America. 
kids aren't taught how to challenge, uh, balance a checkbook. They're not taught right. how to write checks. They're not right. taught how to do tax. They're not taught how to operate a cash register. Just some of the things that America, in regardless if it's Montana, Mississippi, or Colorado, sure. has swayed away from. Um, you know what? You know what? I see kids struggle with right now. They can't do math without calculators. When I was growing up, calculators were almost illegal. They right. were a taboo right. in school. Now it's encouraged. It's like one of the first three things on a on a school supply list. For sure. So like our thinking, our 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 lethargy and apathy towards education for some really important things has increased over the last thirty years. You 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 look at some of these kids who are in their twenties now, sans the ten year ratio. It's no wonder these kids are falling into pitfalls. It's no wonder these kids don't know how to spend money or save money because they're not being taught. Put it in the mattress, baby. <laughs> Financial advice with Rajim Seabrook here on uh, Nuanas Now. So we got athlete empowerment and sort of um, athletes uh, helping ends meet as a, yes. as a primary pro. Yes. The, the lack of regulation and some of the, the financial pitfalls that could come from con. this as a con. What else do we have as pros and cons here? Uh, pro for for kids in like say Montana, New Mexico, Wyoming, it gives them a different platform to promote themselves where they may uh, not otherwise have been seen. Whether it's through the way they look, the way they play, the way they carry themselves, it adds a different sort of platform to be seen um, outside of your local uh, venue. Especially if you're not like a Power Five type school, but still have some swag and talent at the same time. So that's a pro. Um, the con is that I've already seen and and know is that you got some kids who are paying more attention to that than what they're. They should be doing athletically. Right, so right. now now you have the, I'm, I'm getting more shine for what I look like in association with the sport than what I look like while I'm playing my sport. And I think that's been one of the, probably the biggest pushbacks, especially from basketball and football coaches is, mm. hey, if I have a guy whose image is bigger than his skill set, what does that do to the chemistry of my team? It offsets balances. Right, like when, when the, you know. Like, like this happened at Miami right out the gates. There was one of their quarterbacks. He wasn't the starting quarterback, and he wasn't even their one of their top talents. But good looking dude, big yep. big Instagram following, yep. friends with all the hot girls, and so all of a sudden now, well, what do the companies want? Well, they want exposure. So when this guy is going on the boat and he's got you know the babes on the boat, all of a sudden he's getting the NIL deal, even though this guy's better, and it just it disrupts the sort of balance of your team. Or it just creates credence to the American dream, right? Sure. It's a it's about it's about capitalizing, right? We live in a capitalistic society, capitalizing on what you have, who you are, what you look like, or what your talents or skills. So if anything, this the cat that you're talking about, he's living the dream. Right. Even though I, I know what you're saying, the face right. of it doesn't match the face of the program. Yeah, right. It creates it creates some savage inequalities too. No, it creates sure. it creates some locker room issues. For sure. Um I'm better than you. I've won twelve games. You're just really cute, good looking and affable and you're getting paid for it. You know what? Blame your parents. Poor right. genetics. Next <laughs> there's well I think that that exact point too though, just the marketability, the exposure and, and sort of like the social media reach. Right. I think it's best summed up by a lot of the female athletes that have taken advantage of NILs. For better or worse, I think probably at least half of probably the top 10 NIL deals in the country over the last two years has been female athletes, and they've been very good-looking, and I think that that's been a part of it. And I don't I, care who you are. We all like shiny. No, I, I totally agree. We all like I shiny. Mean, and if you're the Cavender sisters and you're good basketball players, but you're also you know beautiful twin girls that go to Speaking Miami, of Miami. Do it. Do but, it. If, if, if you are cool with it, if nobody is exploiting you, you are doing it for your own progress. 
Go right ahead. I now, that's kind of what I like is the image and likeness. Is there's a little less exploitation because sure. you get to control. You get to do it, right. How you want it, who you want to do it with, as opposed to here's the contract backslash construct. Fill it. Big time con in this conversation is how it basically stratifies college athletics from the Truth. top down. And the people with the money can just buy the players from the people that don't have much money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the the final number ended up being, but Montana State star player Raekwon Battle, he's at West Virginia now because they gave him definitely six figures. And I don't really know how much it ended up being, but Montana State can't compete with that. Nope. Montana State can't even give their entire athletic department $100,000 worth of NIL money, let alone one guy. And so you just you sort of worry about small school athletics in rural places like Montana because how are you going to hold on to any athletes when schools are knocking on the door offering you know, generational-type money to transfer. Hey, man, that's it. I hate to say it. Welcome to America. No, for sure. Like that's It's called opportunity. When opportunity knocks, you either answer or you rebuke it, and uh, it gives stuff. Uh, it gives guys like us things to talk about. Um, it does, it does uh, hurt less than mid-majors. It yeah, does hurt yeah. other sports because we're not we're not looking at college tennis players doing NIL. And I mean, I'm sure there are, but they are mostly basketball, football, and depending on where you are in the country, soccer players. Well, it's, it's actually been interesting because there has been this giant rise in NIL for like tennis and golf totally. because of the apparel. Apparel, yeah. Right? Which is a totally because, different because, conversation. You know, like in a football game, you're not going to – you're wearing whatever Jersey Ohio Truth. State's made by, you know what I mean? Totally. Your face is covered up, all that yep. stuff. When you're a tennis player or a golf – golf is the number one because golf, it takes six hours. So whatever shirt you got on and the logo's right you're there, wearing you're it. wearing this logo. That's like three basketball games. You're a, you're a billboard. Totally. And you can walk down the course and promote Absolutely. all of it, right? And yeah. so that's – that. it actually has taken off in sort of those out, uh, exterior sports. Which is why I said what I said. And soccer is one of yeah, those where yeah. you can totally promote it and get snazzy and jazzy with it. But uh, I don't know, man. You just open up Pandora's box. We can – this is like another segment. We will return. And, yes, uh, and sir. And we'll Contribute a little bit as well to our pros and cons of name, image, and likeness. But uh, we'll take a break. Big Sky basketball schedules solidified, just sent out by the conference office yesterday. So what are some of the uh, top games? We got the rivalry dates for Montana versus Montana State, both men's and women's basketball. Also some other key conference games, particularly the ones that are going to happen here in the Treasure State. And some of the top non-conference games for both uh, the Cats and the Grizz on both the men's and women's sides as well. We shall discuss all of it in our Big Sky Spotlight. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Oh! 
102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. There's only a few albums, really, when they dropped that you're like, oh, that album's winning a Grammy. But that one was one of them, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. When it first dropped, she was already hot. She had been, you know, in the Fugees. When that one dropped, you picked it up, you listened to it, you're like, oh, that's that's the album of the year. That's going to be the album of the year. There's no way anybody's doing a better album than that, that album. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to take a picture of a journal entry. That CD didn't come out of my old school car yeah. for about 72 days. I, I believe it, man. Literally, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was just, it was groundbreaking, gender-breaking, like brain-breaking, heartbreaking. One of the best top 10 hip-hop albums of all time. No doubt. Uh, this August is the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So, Rajim Seabrook and myself, Coulter Nuanas, will be doing uh, hip-hop history lessons whenever uh, Raj is in studio. I always thought it was so interesting, too, how... Lauren Hill rapidly rose and was such a big star, and then that album was such a huge hit, and then she just kind of disappeared. Well, you know, it's it's it's. it's I answer this question a lot in my circles. The yeah. same thing happened to Lauren Hill. The same thing happened to Alanis Morissette. The same thing sure. happened to Natalie Merchant. Same thing happened to a lot of female artists. They became moms. No, for sure, right? For sure, and for and sure. and yeah. and if you listen to their music, for sure mothering backslash parenting is such a huge thing to them for sure that the career took a back burner to for sure being primary parent um i if not for anything i mean i miss those are those aforementioned sure. artists but i also respect their their due diligence in being parents uh, alanis morissette was such an interesting one too uh if you have hbo you should watch the the documentary series on there called music box where they highlight different musicians and sort of moments in time there's a great Documentary about Woodstock 99. There's a great documentary about DMX. There's a great documentary mm. about Juice World. Uh, but one of my favorites of the Music Box series is called Jagged Little Pill. It's all about when Alanis Morissette released that album. And, I mean, we know how artists can get so big now because you can just drop this album on Spotify and you could have seven singles in the top ten all at once. But it also gets saturated so much more quickly. Truth. So having an album that just like tops the charts for years at a time—that's a—that's something of a bygone era. That's not doesn't really happen anymore because basically you drop your album, it's a huge hit. But then you better have another one coming out pretty soon because everybody's doing that. They're dropping the whole no thing. Because no one's taking once. their riddle in anymore. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> right. But but uh, Orlando Spore said she talked a lot about that. She said, "Hey, I wrote this album that was a worldwide phenomenon, and we sold 30 million copies." But she, when I was 19. And I had all this teenage angst in me, and I'd had my heart broken and all that stuff. Well, then we toured on the album for five years, and then I put out a second album, and we toured on it. And then I got married and had children, and I didn't have the same angst within me, and that's what people wanted me to be. And that's not where I am in my life. I, I write honestly, and people love that, and I don't have that in me anymore. You know who faced the same kind of backlash Who's almost? That? Eminem. For sure. I mean... Like, he wasn't as angry. For sure. His daughter wasn't as young. Kim I, wasn't I, as mean as I, we all thought. Like two, two, of my, two of my favorite recent artists, because they write with so much passion and yes. angst within them, Hozier and oh. uh, Sturgill Simpson. Hozier, but yes, guess please. But guess what? Guess what? Hozier had one album and has done nothing since then, and Sturgill Simpson has had two, and he hasn't... Because Sturgill Simpson was a wreck as a human. He was a great songwriter, and he oh, was yeah. pouring all the emotion out of the paper... But he was also has serious substance abuse problems. Oh, well, 12, then, he, yeah. then he goes to rehab. Bingo. And he's and it's, bingo. You know, and Hozier say thing. I mean, the whole first album is about you know 
drinking cough syrup and all sorts of totally terrible things. Horrible. And, and, you know, but then it's it's such a battle within the artist, right? Because yeah. you want them to be clean and healthy and sober living, but then it's also like, well, they were at their best as songwriters when they were, you know, when it wasn't going so well. Yeah, when you're the starving artist, you tend to put a different type of energy into the work. When you're sure. like just, you know, bringing it back to sports, rookies rookies sometimes try harder than veterans for sure. because they're trying to make, you know, cut their teeth and make a name for themselves. But yeah, great comparison, Atlantis and Eminem. Um, I will say this. I know every lyric to every album on that Jagged Little Pill album, including... The secret songs that come on almost a minute and a half after the last song has ended. For those folks who don't know their early 90s history. I love it. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio. Time now for a Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, Masters of Criminal Defense, DUIs, or Personal Injury. Visit BigSkyDefender.com. Big Sky Conference Basketball uh, Conference slates were released earlier this week. Big Sky Play will once again... Uh, Start in late December, and it will resume in mid-January. The difference here is, so the league has gone through so much uh, transition with comings and goings and and teams joining and teams leaving. There there was a couple years there where the league slate would start the first weekend of December, and then there would be a bunch of non-conference games, and then they go back into the league slate after the new year. That was silly. It just, just didn't have any rhythm to it. The last couple of years, it started on New Year's Eve, basically, and then you're off and running, you're into conference play. Well, this year, the it will again start that last weekend of December, but then they're going to take a two-week break because they're, uh, the Big Sky Conference is engaging in the Big Sky Summit Challenge. This is somewhat controversial. Good for the league because it gets good non-conference opponents for pretty much everybody in the league, and that's always one of the biggest challenges is scheduling, especially for some of the bottom half Big Sky teams. But also, it just adds cost. It, uh, it's going to be uh, some challenging, maybe even more challenging than some of the schools would like in terms of some of those Big Sky Summit games. So we'll, we'll come back to that, analyzing some of the non-conference stuff. But um, here's some dates for you that you will be interested in when it comes to Montana and Montana State men's and women's basketball. First of all, Brawl of the Wild, uh, the rivalry series between Montana and Montana State, will take place in Bozeman January 20th and then in Missoula on February 17th. So about a month between the two different rivalry games. The Cats get the first one this year. The Grizz get the second one. And so that'll be uh, something to look forward to. The Big Sky Tournament is set for March 9th through the 13th at Idaho Central Arena. Uh, in Boise, Idaho. Um, and some other key games to watch. We'll just start with the Montana men. Northern Arizona, who knocked the, the uh, Grizz out of the conference tournament this last year in the semifinals. NAU will be here in Missoula on January 13th. That's the game preceding the uh, Cat Grizz game in Bozeman. And then Weber State is here on the 27th. So that'll be a pivotal stretch for Montana. They play NAU, Montana State, and Weber State back-to-back-to-back. Those should be three top-half teams in the league for sure, if not three of the best teams in the league. Uh, Other pertinent dates for Grizz Hoops. Uh, Eastern Washington, always a very uh, highly anticipated game. They'll be in Missoula on February 3rd. The Cats will be here February 17th. Uh, And then the final home game of the year for the men, Montana men will be Idaho State on March 4th. In terms of the uh, the Cats, their first big conference game 
uh, is a rematch of the Big Sky title game against Northern Arizona on uh, January 11th there in Bozeman. Again, the Grizz come to Bozeman on January 20th. Uh, Eastern Washington's in Bozeman on February 1st. And then uh, the Cats have to... This is a killer stretch. This is a killer stretch run for the Cats. They got to play at Idaho, at Eastern Washington, and then at home against Weber. And Weber will probably certainly be the preseason Big Sky Conference favorites. Uh, so interesting scheduling for both the Cats and the Grizz. Were they going to be on the road before the Big Sky Tournament, but then have to play a home game right before the tournament starts. So uh, we'll see if that plays to an advantage uh, or a disadvantage. Lady Grizz schedule quickly. Uh, dates that people will be looking forward to. Uh, Idaho State will come here on uh, New Year's Eve Eve, so that's December 30th. Cian uh, Sobolewski's team has made a habit of winning in Missoula lately, which is certainly uh, not easy to do and not something that most teams in the league can say, but Idaho State certainly has been very good. Uh, you got to fast forward all the way to the 17th of February before there's another. And I, again, I mean, who knows who's going to be good next year, who's not. The defending conference champion Sac State will be in town on January 27th. So I shouldn't say there's no big games until the Cats come on uh, February 17th. But uh, either way, um, Sac State here the 27th of January and then uh, Montana State the 17th of February. Uh, for the Lady Grizz primary game or uh, primetime games, I should say. Idaho uh, here on March 2nd. And then for the uh, Lady Bobcats, they host Montana on the 20th of January. They also uh, have a home date against Idaho on the 29th leap year this year. I didn't realize that until I just saw that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the women's basketball teams from the state of Montana, both Montana and Montana State, will be on the road uh, leading up to the Big Sky Conference tournament with. Uh, Lady Grizz playing at Idaho State in Pocatello, and uh, Lady Cats playing at Weber State in Ogden. I mean, it's hard to take anything away from this this time of year, right? I mean, we don't even really know who's going to be good. It's it's just fun. more than anything. It's just fun for the the fans to know and put it on your schedule. And you know, time to start circling dates. Yeah, right. You know, calling friends, old alum, old school chums for yeah. dates. Too early. Yeah. Way too early. January 20th, February 17th. Those are the two primary dates most of you out there want to know. That's the, the Bobcat Grizzly rivalry games. And then all the rest of it, you can always find it on the uh, various athletic department websites or at BigSkyConf.com. That's our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how Dave and his firm can help you. Take, we'll take a break, and uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. We uh, we were hoping, efforting a guest. Uh, not sure if that's in the works or not, but either way, uh, we'll talk some Missoula-centric stuff. Garden City Spotlight next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Two point nine ESPN Radio Missoula. We uh, 
had the miseducation of Lauren Hill earlier, and now we're just getting educated about all things hip-hop here on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Rajim Seabrook kicking it with me. Colton Luanas here uh, on your radio dial. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Whether you're listening on the radio, watching on TV, SWX Montana Television, or streaming on the ESPN MT app, appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. I had myself... Uh, half a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill earlier today. Uh, but we got a dozen wings for you, courtesy of the Despo there, uh, on Russell, across the street from the YMCA. Call us right now. Caller number 3-406-888-1029. Donate them to me, please. Call right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number three, uh, Wing It Wednesday, does the wings for the Desperado Sports Center Grill. Give us the lesson. Who was that uh, Who was that coming back on the break? That was Drez and Mr. Long, better known as Black Sheep, one of the branches off the native tongue, a.k.a. De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, and Jungle Brothers, tree in the hip-hop branch of life. And um, they made their fame with that song, uh, which was made famous again about five years ago when the Kia Soul commercial came out and you had gerbils looking like Mr. Long and Drez to, you know, select a car. You can get with this or you can get with that. So uh, great song. It was a, a regional banger, so to say, and uh, uh, very, very sampled. If you listen to a lot of the lyrics and the beats um, to a lot of their things, they have been resampled to be resampled, just to be reproduced, to be sampled again. So, yeah, great, great three hit wonders off the branch of the family tree known as the native tongue. Man, it's so educational always hanging out with you. PSA for you, the Montana Football Hall of Fame is upcoming this upcoming weekend. I am unable to go, got some family obligations, but it's always one of my favorite events. It's been a great source of pride and joy for me to be on the board of directors there and helping out with the bios and helping get the event together every year. So hopefully it goes off uh, without a hitch. I'm, I'm sure and certain that it will, but there's still tickets available. If you want a great fun night in Billings, Montana, the Montana Football Hall of Fame it certainly will get it done the uh, Montana Football Hall of Fame, the biggest football reunion in the state of Montana. There's tickets available both online at mtfootballhof.com or by visiting one of the various universal athletic uh, uh, service outlets across the state of Montana. There's about 10 of them. So uh, go visit Universal Athletic and get yourself some tickets to the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Our guest... Is coming in about 5.30, so that that will be uh, in hour number two. We also have Michael Ogine, mm-hmm. all-time Grizz, great basketball player, coming up here uh, top of the hour, about 10 minutes away. The NBA draft starts tomorrow night, though. What do you know about Victor Webanyama, if anything? I know if he's caught in a storm, he's going to fall over real quick. The boy's so skinny. <laughs> I, I, know, I want to feed him like hamburgers every three hours. I know that he's a very talented player. Uh, young man who who has a very interesting game and skill set um i already know that the, the spurs are not going to overlook this guy and take oh, him no. with the I first mean, it's like plus, it's, it's, it's it's minus 10,000 odds that he is going to go number 1 right unless like it's like golden state trades steph curry to san antonio for that pick uh, uh, you know something to that magnitude that would shift the sands of that choice um but it'd be interesting i'm not sure he is nba ready um his body and his body type going up against 20, 30-year-old, 40-year-old men, 
I'm I'm not sure, but he's he. I mean, he's got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of talent. I just feel like he's a little physically underdeveloped uh, sure. to be making the leap into the NBA. Well, there's just there's really no. He's a one of a kind. There hasn't ever really been a guy Mm-mm. to this point that's truly seven foot five mm-hmm. who plays on the perimeter, mm-hmm. who can handle the ball and shoot the ball like he can. Yeah. He is Victor Webanyama is rail thin. He is unbelievably skinny. Mm-hmm. How can you not be when you're seven foot five and a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> but you're either really uh, skinny or really big at that point. Like yeah, there's right, there's right, no right. happy medium. For sure. Uh but I mean there's some people that are hype. I, I think the number one obstacle for this kid is gonna be Handling the hype. Because mm-hmm. there's some people that are saying he's the greatest prospect in NBA history. There's people that are saying that he is, has the most upside of anybody in the history of the draft. And that includes guys like LeBron James and Yao Ming, who were both absolute slam dunks when they were the number one overall picks. No and pun they, intended, in, folks. In uh, in their respective drafts. So, um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. The, the, the photos of Victor Webanyama next to incredibly tall current or former NBA players are hilarious because they are. he is towering. Unbelievable. I mean, he had a picture on Twitter today with JJ Redick. JJ Redick's not abnormally tall. He's six foot four. That's bigger than me and you. But Webayama is a whole foot and one <laughs> inch taller. And he might even be even taller than that. I mean, there's all these rumors going around that he actually doesn't want to get measured because he's actually like seven, seven, but he doesn't want to be the tallest player in league history. Cause he thinks that makes him, even more of a freak. A little bit. And if you ever notice, he kind of has that old man slump hunch. Like, he sure. never stands fully erect to get a better gauge of how he does uh, sit to stand, so to say. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. This this guy is an enigma unto himself. Um, I, I hope he doesn't fall into the Sean Bradley uh, category of, you know, seven-footers who just got moved around because there wasn't enough base weight to keep him grounded. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when this guy goes up against someone like Joel Embiid or Giannis. For sure. Right? Like, what what happens? But, you know, I, I'm hoping the young man transitions well. And I uh, wish him nothing but luck. And it'll be cool to see something, a, another novelty type of player in the NBA next year. It's amazing how much what the NBA draft has become. You could project guys at such a young age now. Mm-hmm. So, so many of these guys that are going in the top 10 in the NBA draft, they're all 19 and 20 years old. So you don't know what they're going to become. You're just sort of thinking what they have the potential to become. And so it's just so interesting to me because you don't have that guy that's going to come out. There's Every, every once in a while, one of these 19 or 20-year-olds is an absolute impact all-NBA type player right Absolutely. out the gates. But, Absolutely. but most of the time, even if they become really, really good, it takes several years for them to actually get there, right? Well, that's the thing about college is it right. adds a little bit of that spit and polish. like For sure. But, no but one, all these top guys only stay in college for one year, right? You know what? That one year is huge. No, it, it, that it, one it year helps. is huge. It helps for sure. But no one's coming out like a Grant Hill anymore. No, right. Right? Four years, let's go, graduated, ready to take the world on Sands, ready to take the NBA on. Yeah, yeah. Just they're not, they're, they're, they're little boys. They're little boys. Plus, I'm, I'm a little discouraged now with the NBA draft letting all these teenagers in. It's official. I now have sneakers older than the average NBA draft entry. Like, that's horrible. <laughs> See, I'm on the complete other side of the spectrum. I think they should just let them go pro right away. They're, they're right out of high school. Because most of these, like the Brandon Millers of the world, the kid from Alabama, like, yeah. He's not going to college, man. He went to classes last fall, and that's it. That's and it. then, like, during the spring, I guarantee you he had 
three online classes that were probably the three easiest classes to pass. Park recreation, <laughs> right, right. guitar, coaching, and, like, yeah, physical education, underwater basket weaving, basketball fundamentals, you know, totally. whatever. It, Math 92. <laughs> on one hand, you know, Brandon Miller playing at Alabama, you got big time exposure playing in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's playing at a high level of basketball. Mm-hmm. But I just think if you if your if your end game and your end goal is to play professionally, you should just be able to embark on that whenever you like. And we're, we're going to see. We're going to actually have some some experimental data coming up because the last couple of years there's been these guys that have skipped college and also. Because you have to be 19, but you don't actually have to go to college. College, exactly. You have to be one year removed from high school graduation, and you have to be 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So there's been a couple guys that have played in that G League Ignite team. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green's the top one of those guys. He was in a lottery pick a couple years ago by the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. If he could explode early on in his career, it would sort of be justification for what I'm talking about. Just go pro and, and get better while you're in the pros. I don't know. I think some of the cautionary cases... I think the NBA learned a hard lesson in the post-Jordan era when so many of the high school kids came in the NBA. They weren't ready. And they flopped. They flopped hard. I think now the NBA has done so much, such a better job, though, because they have like this rookie symposium. Mm-hmm. They're telling these guys, hey, here's how, you, here's how you manage your money. Here's how, you know, you don't need to be going and doing this and that and the other thing. I also think there's a, a totally different culture in the NBA, too. It used to be in the NBA, going on road trips, you're going out to the club all the time, you're doing all this stuff. I, that that's not that big of a part of the NBA anymore. I think that no. like the, these guys are not partying like rock stars hardly at all. If they you know do want to have some fun, I think that they're doing it at the hotel or you know what I mean. Like they're not going out to the club till four o'clock in the morning. So I don't think the guys go through the ringer like that as much as they used to as well. Well, like if they did with with the with technology and social media, they would be lambasted at every at every juncture. So they're actually being a bit more prudent and, and smarter and wiser with their choices to not. Have that type because everyone has you know two ten tables, a microphone, and a podium in their pocket uh, to record interactions, to record poor choices. So, you know, good for 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 these young men, uh, young athletes. Period, um, investing in themselves differently. But um, I also think the NBA didn't like having such a, a a marred reputation, and I think the NBA did it more for the reputation than they did it for the players. That's for sure true. Thank you, <laughs> but, credence. But uh, I mean, it, it you know. It is what it is, and uh, the, the NBA has made big strides in certain elements uh, over the last 20, 25 years. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. One of our all-time favorites, a Grizz great, Michael Ogine. He'll be back in town next week for a uh, basketball turn- or basketball camp excuse me, that he is hosting, uh, but he'll join us next to catch us up on all things uh, Michael Ogine, all things hoops and Grizz hoops, and uh, whatever else we get to our ESPN roundtable. Right after this, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.